How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina, and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Forever, dog. Army Hammer, press one. If the movie you want to see is, I can't. I, I want to break your ribs and cook them. Starring Army Hammer, press two. I, I have if read the, nothing if, on oh, this stuff. You're in luck, or you're not, because I have read everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why don't well, you're, you? You're predisposed to cannibalism. Don't put it that way. In terms of as a as a as a uh, enthusiasm as an interest. No, keep going. The Cannibal Cop. I never saw anybody more obsessed. <laughs> if the Cannibal Cop did a book signing, you would. I would been not the first go anywhere one. near. I would never go near. Please, can you make this out to Julie? <laughs> Just because I own a copy of Gilberto Valle's book does not mean that I'm a fan of his. I think it's great that he went to prison, honestly. I think that Mm -hmm. throwing him in prison for his fantasies, does it set a dangerous precedent? Sure. Am I happy that he was in jail? I was thrilled about it. First of all, I'm happy when any cop goes to jail. Second of all, that guy was like stalking women. Because mm-hmm. he had the resources of a cop. And the reason why he got arrested was because he was going back and forth with someone about the specs of like, my wife is this much and my oven is this big. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. enough. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that being like, but that's just a fantasy. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. You know how big your cell is going to be. You want to talk about oven specs. This cell is a certain, uh, I'm a, oh. uh-huh. he, um, he inspired you to get that tattoo, ACAC. All cops are cannibals. Welcome to Double Threat. Yes, my name's Tom, and I'm, and I'm here. Julie. My guest, my no, my guest oh, is oh, Julie. Oh, oh, sorry. I'm the host, and my guest tonight is Julie Klausner, an expert on celebrity cannibalism <laughs> or cannib- and cannibalism in law enforcement. Nice. I'm thrilled to be here. Her new book is called Yum Yum. <laughs> Save that hand for me. 
Give me a hand. And uh, it's a pleasure to have you on Double Threat. I'm thrilled to be here. What would you like to know? (laughs) Well, I know nothing about I know nothing about celebrity or uh, law enforcement cannibalism. Mm. Uh, I just said "Mm," because I'm eating a big. Oh, you are. Okay, I was wondering. (laughs) You seem. Now I'll let you. No, I don't eat. uh, I don't eat no meat. I don't eat no meat. Sure. Now, what? So, what is the story with? So yes. Army Army Hammer, whose name mm-hmm. is not just like a funny pun on Arm and Hammer, his family is ba- the, like Brett. Would you mind calling yeah. up his Wikipedia? I know he's from an insanely wealthy family. Yes. He's got oil baron. You Every know, time uh, you buy one of those little boxes of baking soda to keep your refrigerator fresh, you're, he gets you're making a sure quarter. That, that he's hard as calculus. Whenever a model has bones that look breakable yeah so army hammer is someone that i always found to be really boring as an actor yeah mm-hmm. so he is uh her his paternal great-grandfather was oil tycoon and philanthropist armand hammer okay okay so it's not just like oh wouldn't it be funny if we named our kids yeah sure he, uh I, I i i don't know like have you ever had an opinion about him as an actor I liked him in Man from Uncle. Man from UNCLE, you mean? Yes. I've the man from that the way. man from UNCLE. <laughs> and Brett liked it cuz he thought it was UNC and they're Wait, are they Georgia rivals? Well, I thought it was I thought it was the man from UCLA where he took college <laughs> courses according to his uh, Wikipedia bio. Mm-hmm. Oh, he went to L- Okay. Well, anyway, Army Hammer is a rich guy who's blonde and I always found very dull. But mm-hmm. now it's very interesting because so, yeah, suddenly yes. he became the most interesting person. <laughs> he so he eats he eats people. What's the deal? He has fan. He has very violent sexual fantasies, and okay. he's into very like violent uh, BDSM uh, stuff, kink mm-hmm. stuff, okay. um, and including chomping on <laughs> chickies. Okay, and I um. I, I'm very kink positive. I think I don't think there's anything off limits that you can fantasize about or text with someone about who's like a consensual person who signed off on the fantasy. Um, the stuff that gets a little. Well, first of all, he does claim to have eaten the heart out of a live deer, which I just don't think is true. He bragged at one point that he took the heart out of a live deer, which mm-hmm. to me seems like if you're breaking the sternum, that's not a lot. And Look, I'm a vegan. I I don't like thinking about this, but I will because it's important. He also mentioned that the heart was the size of a catcher's mitt. These were all sexts. I don't believe okay. that. Okay, so I don't believe that Army Hammer has. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen any evidence that he's actually munched mm-hmm. on some like more interesting grub than sure. you and I or anyone around us. Um. The texts that he sent to multiple women or DMs, I believe, are all completely real. They are so real. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've read all of them. And they're what? Him saying, come on over, I'll have your foot for dinner? <laughs> In so many words. I mean, now, th- is it yeah. true? Is it true? The only thing I heard is that he ate the other Winklevoss twin. <laughs> From that movie. 
that was a deleted scene. Aaron Sorkin was like, I only put this in so I could get some of that oral ba- oil baron money. Yeah. So he did not eat the other twin. No. And I um, also was trying to think of anything else I'd seen him in. And it all kind of involves food because Call Me By Your Name, I think he eats like a cummy peach, if I remember. I That was a movie I saw with Danielle Henderson and I left. I was so fucking bored. I remember I left. There was like 15 minutes left in the movie and you don't know that at the time. You're just bored. So you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go get a second popcorn or just, just got to squeeze that, got to squeeze that Sodi refill in under the wire before <laughs> exactly. the movie just, ends. I was just like, I'll be right back. And if you've ever done that where you come back and like the credits are up. Yeah. When they see me coming back up late in the thing for like, I'd like a popcorn refill and a soda refill. Cause I got the, I got the, the plan that you can do that. And they're just like, you got 20 minutes left, dude. Really? You're going to you're going to make us fill the both of these things up at the last second. You're walking out of here with that stuff. And then you walk out with it. You never eat the popcorn after you walk out of the if you try to leave the theater with it, you're just like, "Well, maybe I'll take it with me." And then you take it's like, "Ugh, disgusting." <laughs> I did that cold. once, and boy did I learn a lesson. Yeah. Which is that popcorn is delicious any time of day. Okay, that's the lesson you learned. I learned a lesson that just like when that goes cold. No, it's gross. It's one of those things where like you can't leave the like once you leave the theater, like whatever reactive field you're in, it just stops working on the thing. Yeah. And the thing I would be worried about in New York City is a pigeon attack. with all that popcorn. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you before? No, because I'm scared of it. I'm not going to walk down the street with an open bag of popcorn. In Pigeon Town, USA. It doesn't need to be open. I always thought it was a bag that you'd roll over once. You just go down the street with your open circus bucket being like, do, 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 and throw a piece of popcorn in the air and catch it with your mouth. Yeah. And then suddenly it, do, it don't land. And you're just like, you throw it up. And you're like, huh? Where'd it go? And then there's like a pigeon hovering over your head. saying so like, yum, yum. Thank you. That's the name of my second book. Yum, yum. Thank you. So Army Hammer is. uh, Had basically he'd had a bunch of these women at the same time that he was having sex with and and sharing some sex to these things that either happened or were fantasies or that he wanted to happen. And then in addition to that, he engaged in some very like, you know, rough stuff with them sexually. And then, and this is, I think the important part, then he like ghosted them, which you can't do. You can't do that and also call it consensual. You can't be like, I don't know. I don't want to make a joke about this, but you can't like do something fucked up to someone who's like, into it at the time and then just never talk to them again because then it actually is abuse and I wasn't there I don't know I always you know in the words of the great crab apple Fran Leibowitz uh the oh the burden of truth is always like prove to me they didn't do it I will always believe women first so that this guy acted inappropriately is uh and abusively is I have I have no doubt of that um and uh, my and my 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 heart is with the the women who he hurt, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think he's uh, uh, a bad news bear. So fuck him. And there's oh oh he's so irreplaceable. Where are we gonna find another handsome blonde guy that you can't remember from seeing mm-hmm. a movie when you're like, was he in that? Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Find another actor. I'll find you one this afternoon. 
hey, big boy, want to come and audition for my movie? Yeah, he um, he is so profoundly uninteresting to me that this stuff did not make me want to know more about him. Wow. I was just like, I don't want to know about this. But that's what, look, on the show, I had this, I have, that's why I have authors like yourself on. Author yes. of Heat That Hand Up, <laughs> uh, uh, an exploration of chomping people in Hollywood and law enforcement. And you must be pulling my leg. You Yeah, you must be pulling my leg into my mouth. Do you think your cat, Jimmy Jazz, mm. God forbid you keel over, right? Croak? Yeah. And you're there. Think Jimmy Jazz would be just like put on a little bib? Within 15 minutes. And get out the A1 steak sauce? <laughs> How about you, Brett, with your cats? Yeah, I was about to say, Tom, you joke about this, but this is like a real <laughs> thought process for cat owners, I think, is mm-hmm. like, is, is... How long would it take? How long would it take? Um, and I think I have one cat that would be under 10 minutes and then another cat that would be like a week. Um, sure. So it's very, it's based on sort of personality, I think. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've got one that is already kind of testing the waters that'll, that'll sort of, <laughs> you know, take little, if I'm, you know fall asleep on the couch i'll wake up and he's kind of nibbling and and so uh um well is that why they do that 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 thing where they're making bread is are they oh, soften biscuits are they softening you up no you maybe. Sure? are you sure though are you sure they're not just like maybe maybe i want to work on the spot that i'm going to eat first i gotta tenderize it oh my god they're like pizza men they're like little pizza men yeah I'm going to eat to this girl. So Jimmy Jazz is just kind of like, let's soften up this area right here. This will be the this will be the entry point. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I like it when people say I'm famous for, um, especially like I remember once I was in college and there was like a like a lawyer came to talk to us about something. It's like art school. And there was like an artist agent who's like she goes, "Uh, when I get a contract, she goes, I'm famous for my black Sharpie and I cross out things that I don't like. I'm like, you're not famous, first of all. Mm -hmm. It's just a strange expression. And then. I also like it when people are like, oh, my famous cornbread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you can't have the recipe. <laughs> like, oh, it's like, wait, I don't think you'd say someone else's famous cornbread. I think you'd only say it about your own. Like, I, I wouldn't think, say like, oh, Tom's making his famous cornbread as much as you're like, I'm going to make my famous cornbread. I could picture, though, if you're just really pumping the other person up and you're just kind of like, like, oh, Julie's making her famous Brussels sprouts. I would say, oh, Tom is bringing his. Well, maybe I would say Tom is bringing his famous. But that's what bread. I mean. If if you, yeah. if you mean it and you're celebrating the other person, I could picture 
You, right. You, you say it like that. And I'd be like, oh, Tom's bringing his famous Wonder Bread <laughs> to the party is more like what it would be. But you can't say that about yourself, right? Well, I'm plenty of people can and do. But I don't because, think they should. No, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. It's wrong to do. But plenty of people, it's just, yeah, they they need to mythologize about something about themselves to make them want to keep trying in this life yeah what do you think brett's go-to dish is julie what oh do you think that's brett- a great question because we know that brett is a good cook yeah and we know he's from atlanta i what picture brett i would picture the jambalaya i picture he probably does like some like like a i bet you brett has like a casserole that he can make like a, a hot dish yeah like a hot dish he's nodding he's nodding i was gonna say more of something in the stir fry realm like the like an open pan not like a oven not like mm-hmm. we're gonna bake this as much as just like fires on and then you put something in the pan it goes and you go yeah i picture brett has a thing like a sweet potato casserole oh kind of how close are we, Brett? Well, look, this all sounds delicious, but you haven't really zeroed in on it on it yet. Um, uh, <laughs> it's I, just I, like a full goat. What is it? Just a goat? <laughs> you and your you you and your satanic friends just barbecue a goat. What are you even getting at, Brett? What is the answer? We covered a lot of range. Uh, you, you did, you did. Uh, look, when when I really come alive in the kitchen, what really what really you know gets me motivated is uh, uh is doing. Uh, glazes and rubs for fish like coming up with with because uh, there's no I like going no recipe what do we got I've got a a, a, a just a, a just a fresh piece of fish with no flavoring and how do we how do we make this pop you know mm-hmm. that's that's really what gets me going in the kitchen and and so I I go into the refrigerator mm-hmm. the spice rack everything and then mm-hmm. it's like you know at that point it's just like a I'm like a medieval alchemist at that point, just really sure, going sure. to town on this on this fish. And uh, I would Glazes say glazes and rubs. I would never have a million years guessed that Excuse the answer me. would be. Well, at least that took the army hammer stuff off the <laughs> oh, forefront of my mind. It's like Tom and I brainstorming about all these nice, delicious foods. He goes, what do you think, Brett? And he goes, I like glazes and rubs for fish. I yeah. didn't expect that in a million years. And he called himself an alchemist. <laughs> you were just saying, I like the, Julie, you just said, I can't imagine anybody like people saying my famous this and that. This guy just called himself an alchemist. I picture him in a sorcerer's robe. He said that's when he apron. comes alive. He said that's when he comes alive. <laughs> this is when he rubs and glazes a flavorless fish his poor family sees him in the kitchen <laughs> he comes in with a thing a halibut and he's just like get the spices out like, i'll be back in an hour no he doesn't like to he likes to it seems like there's a lot of hunting gathering he likes to do he's rooting through whatever's in the pantry or the fridge be like eeny meeny miny mo." yeah <laughs> which will be the glaze i know yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah Fee fi fo fum. I think time, his family. Time to yeah. rub this. <laughs> this. <laughs> like, I don't like, know. Coat this fish in bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> Fee fi fo fum. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 melting down some bubble gum. He throws some. Uh, 
He throws some big league chew into a pan. <laughs> and Amy, Amy's like, what's the ETA on dinner? You're yeah. like, leave me alone. Yeah. I think, I think Brett's family is doing like the equivalent of like on a talk show when they're like, all right, put it in the stuff in the, in the oven, Brett. And then like, okay, we'll watch the thing. You leave the room and then they switch the real food for the thing and then they take it out they're like oh wow brett your fish looks amazing it looks so good he's like it's the difference is the bubble gum he's like i tried purple purple big league chew the grape uh i tried the grape big league chew this time figured i'd i figured i'd see what that was like and they're like yeah yeah that's right it's the grape big league chew Made this fish so good, and then in the in the garbage is the thing Brett was making. They're trying to, they're like trying to feed it to the cats, and the cats are like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, the cats is like, cats like, is this gum on this fish? (laughs) Just the idea that like it's like let him let him do what he needs to do in the kitchen for however long he needs to do it because I swear to God that's where he comes alive, and then. I yeah. Between now, it's like you, he comes out of the kitchen. And finally, I can talk to him. He's a human. Well, He's now human we need. Man. We need a shirt of Brett in the kitchen. <laughs> the can sorcer- somebody do the sor- it? A sorcerer's hat and robe. Yeah, but he needs to be dressed like a like a traditional Merlin type wizard. <laughs> <laughs> do they do aprons? Oh my God! Does does. T public do aprons. I'll get on the imagine, phone. With, get on the phone with Jerry and ask him. Uh, maybe they can um, they can start it for us. Imagine you're wearing an apron that says "Fee Fi Fo Fum." Time to add some <laughs> bubble gum. <laughs> Close your eyes and make a wish. I'm gonna make a glaze for fish. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> close your eyes. No, don't close your, <laughs> close eyes. your eyes. Maybe you look at what you're putting in there. Close your eyes and wake up. Make a wish. Time to rub some stuff on fish. <laughs> stuff. I mean, look, you guys, you guys, you guys joke. I guarantee you put me in a kitchen with some random ingredients. I can come up with a glaze no matter what or a rub. I mean, it doesn't, even if I go, if even if I go in not knowing what's in the kitchen, and you, th- or if it's a night when it's like, oh man, there's nothing to make. There's no, I, all I got these random ingredients. Mm-hmm. That's where I thrive. Uh, you know, there's really no, no combination <laughs> of things that I couldn't make a good glaze or rub out of. This is troubling. <laughs> the level of self assuredness well, is off yeah. the charts. I've never seen somebody more confident. You guys joke, but like anybody, anytime somebody says you guys joke, but it means I'm starting to actually get mad. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Brett. I'm passionate about two things. I like podcasts and glazes and rubs. So I guess three. No marinades. No marinades, Brett. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, you could throw marinade in there. Um, I think it's, a, it's these are all kind of loose terms. Uh, when, when does a glaze become a marinade? You know, um, I see. Yeah, I guess marinade is what implies it was it was overnight or something. It's been in there for a while. Um, when does a glaze become a <laughs> marinade? The answer, my friends, is in Brett's kitchen. <laughs> 
the answer Don't is Don't go in there Bright's with kitchen. your eyes closed. Yeah. Leave him alone. He's come alive. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. They lower well, down a piece of salmon. Brett's, Brett's wife is on the phone at Domino's. No, so, yeah. so, sometimes Amy and I will play uh, Guess the Glaze, where I'll, I'll do, uh, you know, I won't tell her what's in it, and then she's oh, got to get, is... guess the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Guess the Glaze. She's, she's actually very good at it. She usually gets, uh, you know, at least mm-hmm. three, you know, three out of five. What happens mm-hmm. when she doesn't get any? Is she punished or yelled at? Is she screamed at? Do you get the sor- Do you get the black sorcerer's robe on? You can't taste. <laughs> you can't taste the melted down. Haribo watermelon, little little soft chewies. You can't taste those. <laughs> Brett goes out into his bedroom. He comes back in his black sorcerer's robe. Amy knows he's angry. Yeah. She's meanwhile she's been rooting through the garbage, being like, "What the fuck did he put in this clay?" Today is going to be a clips extravaganza episode. It's a good old fashioned rollicking hoedown. Yeah, uh, and, and Tom, I know you're feeling a little ill right now after that Army Hammer stuff, but I got good news for you because you're about to uh, uh, be feeling a lot better when I start rolling out these listener clips. Uh, I've got a, I think this is an all time record on double third. I've got ten clips lined up today. Ten, ten this listener is, clips. This, everything must go. This is a clearinghouse of clips. By the way, when I mentioned earlier that we were having a hoedown, mm-hmm. I want to pose the question to Brett. Who of us, Julie or Tom, would look stupider dressed up like a cowboy? Who, which of you would look stupider dressed up like a cowboy? I can, I can answer this one already. <laughs> Unequivocally, I know the answer. Now, are we talking like a, like a rodeo cowboy or kind of like an out there on the, on the plains cowboy, you know, like I feel like modern, like no name or like a, or like kind of a show no, cowboy in the, in not, the, not, not cool. Not like anything from like a cool movie. Like I'm talking about like Clint black hat, just like, I'm going to go line dancing. It's 1994 cowboy. So you're saying cowboy hat button down shirt with the snaps on it. Yeah. A belt. Buckle that's like turquoise and silver, maybe and, a bolo and, tie, uh, maybe a bolo tie, and some like, and then just like some blue jeans, like some, some light, nice- like I'd say like light wash blue jeans, and then some some of them pointy cowboy boots underneath. Oh, I can answer this one already. This is <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, it's not even close. I'm willing to answer this legitimately and sincerely as long as there are no like consequences, lingering consequences for my answer. Don't um, worry, Brett. When you say I would look stu- <laughs> stupid, there will be no consequences. Okay. Because I was going to say, Julie, I think you'd be surprised at how well you could pull this look off. Uh, no! Tom, I, Tom, Tom, I think it would be a complete disaster if you... Uh, I agree. You <laughs> I, could not ag- I could not agree. Brett, if you were not talking, that's literally what I would have said. Julie, so what, Julie what could would, pull it off. I don't think so. I think you could make it look uh, cute and I, charming. I, I don't know, because I feel like I'm such a Jewish New Yorker that if I did that, I'd be, first of but all, it, canceled. But I think that's what would be working in your favor yeah. also. Yeah, you, there's you be could like ironic. Be like, well, no, this is not where I live, but isn't it 
isn't it cute that I'm dressed like this now and people would go along with it because that would be the attitude with it. It's like I'm not pretending I'm a cowboy. I think it would be so, it would be so bad for Tom. It'd be one of those things where people like pretend to ignore it. Like they pretend to not <laughs> like they don't acknowledge yes. the cowboy outfit. They kind yeah, of just would, like try to roll with it. And it would be like Michael Dukakis putting that army helmet on <laughs> and sticking his head out of the tank. A thing that he hasn't. He hasn't been a viable political figure in 35 years and uh, people, st- it still haunts him. Or it would be like a meme, like everybody would be looking at the Dukakis tank image again just because you put on a cowboy hat. Yes. Well, look at how when you get these like these right wing dolts who will just try to look like <laughs> cowboys every once in a while. Uh-huh. And it's the clumsiest look you've ever seen where they're just like, like if you see like Ben Shapiro with a cowboy mm. hat on oh, or stuff like that. God, that made me want to Ben Shapiro cowboy hat, please. Brant. Yeah, sure. And sorry, one quick detail. I'd forgotten that in the Michael Dukakis picture, he has his name like on the helmet as though it's he does? Like the first day of elementary school or something. Yeah. He has the name Mike Dukakis, like as like a <laughs> sticker on the helmet. Man, he blew it on that one. Oh God. Oh my God. <laughs> he he wears a cowboy hat as if it's one of those those little like what were they, color forms or something where you just like <laughs> can like a dress 'em up doll thing where you just like, well, I'm gonna make you look like a Western look today, and you're just like, uh uh-uh, uh. That's I was gonna work. say, like, is this real or was that hat just photoshopped on top? Oh my god. There he is. He decided not to tuck his shirt in that day. Is that Crenshaw? That's old uh, Crenshaw. Fuck that guy. Another another awesome dude that SNL (laughs) indulged. (laughs) SNL alum, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just turned into a fun character. And your host, Dan Crenshaw. (laughs) Musical guest, the Josh Hawley Trio. (laughs) And there's Josh Hawley and two Nazis being like, Vovodiodo. <laughs> so we have 10 clips. Yeah, eh? you guys ready for these clips? Let's do the yeah. clips. 10. This is from listener Sylvia. And, and once again, thank you so much to our listeners. It's it's such a, uh, we watch, I watch every clip that you guys send in. I wish I could play them all, you know, uh, on a at loop. The they're, also, they're also good at the same time. <laughs> Uh, and so th- this, this was shows an opportunity to, to get to some good ones that I've been sitting on for a while. Um, so this first one comes from Sylvia. Um, and this kind of references, uh, Julie, a couple episodes ago, uh, Julie and Tom, you guys were theorizing about a, a time travel scenario in which Weird Al Yankovic would have been on the Beatles and would have uh, written <laughs> Beatles parody songs. Um, uh-huh. And Sylvia, uh, th- th- this is a song that never made it to a... Um, Weird Al album. It's it's not officially part of the canon, I think, or the recorded canon. Uh, and and this song is not if it doesn't ma- imagine uh, Weird Al on the Beatles, but Weird Al on Wings, because this is a parody that he did of uh, Live and Let Die uh, called Chicken, Chicken Pot, Pot Pie. Pie. Yes. Paul McCartney vetoed this. That's right. Yeah. Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney what? Vetoed it because he oh, is. Oh, because of chicken? Could, yeah. Yeah. Paul, Mc, Paul McCartney said, uh, uh, he's a vegetarian, right? And said, so he can't, you can't do chicken pot pie. Make it lentil pot pie. That's what I would have. So don't eat me. When we were young, birdies dead. 
a really good singer. Mm-hmm. Here we go. It's chicken pot Wow, because this is early Al, first of all. He's got the... It's raw Al. I think he has bangs. Yeah, no, that, I never heard that. I only heard of that song. I'm now angry at Sir Paul McCartney for refusing to let Al... Uh, I'm angry at him. Yeah, I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll sleep at night anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is the only footage that exists of this song. It's just this one little clip from a live show. I think it's better that way. Yeah. Nine. Uh, The next clip I got for you, clip number two, uh, this is from listener Sammy. uh, And this is uh, the uh, celebrity chef, uh, Nigella Lawson. Uh, Nigella Lawson, uh, I think a a British celebrity chef. Sexy, sexy, sexy. Yeah, she she did, I think this was a a Christmas special she did over the holidays. uh, And this is her actual pronunciation of the word microwave on that Christmas special. Okay. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs> no. <laughs> One more the time. Micro-wave. I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave. The microwave. Oh, no. I mean, it seems like she's being silly, no? I would hope she's being... How can you think it's the microwave? <laughs> I think she's being a little i i gotta give her a little bit of credit on this yeah yeah it's it's not like it's not like when Smokey robinson said chinooka <laughs> very confidently yes. by the way how about this uh a parody of rico suave but micro mm-hmm. Ave rico Suave. Suave. Eight. All right. Next up, uh, we're just getting started here. Next up is uh, this is from listener Ian. And uh, this is a uh, we're going to a Walmart uh, somewhere in America. I'm not sure where this is. And at this Walmart, uh, the the manager, the, the floor manager, uh, this is what he would do every morning before Walmart opened to get all his employees pumped up for the day. Oh. He, w- he would do a Walmart fight song. Uh, that was uh, interactive. Uh, no. We're going to crush these local businesses. We're going <laughs> to run them all out. We're, we're going to crush your dreams. <laughs> you wanted health insurance when you were little? You never no, I'm just going to imagine before you hit play, Brett, let's imagine that Julie, you and I, it's our first day at this Walmart. Let's imagine this is our first day at this Walmart and the manager is saying, all right, before we start, come on, meet me by the registers, and mm-hmm. this will happen. And also, is my shift already begun, or like, does it start after I sit? No, no, this? we start. We, our shifts start one minute after this ends. Ugh. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. Oh no! Follow me. There's like a skinny teen in the back. Long hair. I love love that. Can you hit pause? We are we are Walmart. Hungry. Imagine you. Imagine 
you're working at Walmart, which is if if that's your job, that's perfectly fine. But it's also the but kind of thing. But I wish you were that, treated better. Yeah, maybe you should. Exactly. You don't exactly the corporate uh, overlords there are not exactly looking out for you the way they could be. Um, but and then, but now you got to put up with this manager who wants to do a wants to pump everybody. This is not college football. Like he's treating this like this is the most college football thing I've ever seen. And I would just say to him, hey, uh, I am not Walmart, actually. Hmm. Best of luck. <laughs> like Julie and I would say we uh, we we are not Walmart. I'd be while everyone's doing this. I'd be in the grocery section smuggling a watermelon under my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, we put, <laughs> we just, are. So you just hear off in the distance. We are. We oh, I got I got like I got like 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. To get that watermelon, I stuff a bunch of cle- uh, clementines in each bra cup. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's Julie? Oh, we are, we are Walmart. There yes, you are. yes. There you oh, are. yes, yes, yes. I you wave. Fired and you up see, today? I wave. You see five bananas instead of fingers. I wave. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired up. We are Walmart. Do you see that kid in the background who I was talking about? The one who kind of looks like the one from American movie who made Coven. The yeah. guy in the back with the long hair who's Mark. just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, look at this place. Like, wouldn't it be the thing that somebody's saying? Like, you're kind of like, hey, I work at Walmart. It's fine, whatever. Maybe. No, you are Walmart. Also, like the, uh, you can see the lighting, like you could see that horrible overhead halogen lighting in mm-hmm. this clip in a way that I've only been exposed to it for what have we been watching this for 45 seconds? These people have had to do shifts and shifts in person. It's just mm-hmm. so, so. Awful. We are, we are Walmart. And meanwhile, people are just like, man, can this guy get moved upstairs or something? It's like he's too, he's too into it. Do you think that he gets paid more for it or is this all his initiative? I think he's probably doing this and hoping somebody's like, I'm not, you know, we're me? noticing this got a real go getter over at the branch. Uh, yeah. This guy it's might what, be corporate material. Yeah. Mark David Chapman thought Jodie Foster would notice him too. <laughs> and you know what? To his credit, she did. Yeah. And then they got married. And they've Here been happy. Comes the bride. Ever after. She's really impressed. You shot the president and now she's your wife. <laughs> Wouldn't that be. <laughs> you're going to love. No- you- oh, boy. When you hear how we met, you're really going to love it. It's a funny <laughs> story. Oh, boy. Is it funny? It's really funny. Tell the story. Tell the story. Okay. About okay. How I will. I met. said I will. I said I would. I'm going to. So, Come on, it's such a good story. No, no, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Gosh, you know, he finishes all your sentences. It's, I guess uh, one of the side effects of living, of living together for however long we've been together, 100 <laughs> years. Anyway, I was, uh, as, an, as you know, an actress. And uh, he shot the president. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, who is that? 
you want to you want to pick this up, honey? Because <laughs> uh, I think the cake's ready. Then I go off and get the cake. Well, I went in the kitchen, and there's somebody in there with a bunch of rubs. <laughs> Glazes and, and rubs. Glazes. Somebody was somebody rubs. was glazing. I went in to try to get the cake, and there was a guy in there glazing and rubbing yeah. it. Mark David Chapman's like creeped out by sorcerer Brett. Yeah, Mark David he's Chapman's like, just kind of like, "Honey, let's go." He's like rubs and glazes, glazes and rubs. <laughs> Brett has one of like those one of those orbs that has the lightning going in it like yeah, in Frankenstein from sharper image from sharper yeah, image yeah. but it's he like has those it's, in his it's kitchen. like plugged in it's like a yeah. plug that's like right there and it's like he's got this clumpy this clumpy glaze cuz he can't <laughs> plug the blender in cuz the orb is plugged into the <laughs> outlet why don't you just use the blender i can't i can't use the mixer i got the orb plugged in Seven. All right. So this next clip we've got here for you. Uh, this is uh, this is from listener James. Um, and as we know, uh, a lot of celebrities have been busy during quarantine trying to figure out uh, new types of projects they can work on and new things they can do while the entertainment industry is shut down. And perhaps nobody uh, nobody's been busier during quarantine um, than uh, than the lead singer of Romstein, uh, Till Lindemann. Do you guys remember the band Romstein? Mm, du Haas, yes. No. Du Haas, I. <laughs> yeah, Rob, they had uh, the hit Du Haas, uh, I believe, back in the '90s. A German uh, sort of uh, hard rock uh, uh, metal band. Uh, but the lead singer of Romstein, uh, Till Lindemann. Uh, uh, just just a month ago, uh, launched a uh, a erotic uh, a, a online erotic store. Uh, oh wow! Uh, which is very cool. And the name of this store is Doctor Dick. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's take a look at uh, what you can get on. Uh, uh, oh no! This is like Army Hammer, bloody dark stuff. Yeah, so it is. It has sort of like a like a horror sort of uh, theme to a it, haunted house kind of thing. And uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, his store, Doctor Dick. If we go to shop here, and this was uh, sent to us by listener James. Listener James notified us about Doctor Dick. Oh, I thank you, James. Thank you for this one, James. These are not sex toys. I thought <laughs> I was expecting to see some like dildos. Yeah, there's plugs. A- yeah, there's it's it's a uh, it's sort of loosely erotic, I guess. There there is okay. a vibe. Oh, here's a, vi- a vibrator. The yeah, tildo, which is his name. That's that's classy. Everything about this is classy. Doctor Dick socks, vodka, and golden shower. Golden shower is the name of his wine, uh, so you can get golden oh, shower wine. Oh boy! And how much is this in U.S. dollars? Uh, so so it's in euros here. So uh, come on, Brett, you could do a quick. Uh, I, I, I think it's almost close to one to one at this point, dollars to is euros. It? So this is pretty. Yeah, you're you're pretty much gonna spend what you see here in U.S. dollars. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for that, Larry Cudlow. <laughs> this guy's a Larry Cudlow of podcasts over here. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna come out of this whole thing uh, smelling like a rose. Who is this? Who? Larry Larry Cudlow, like who's one that? of Trump's one of the clowns who's always propping up Trump. Oh, okay. Like a finance douche. Dr. Dick premium condoms. I like to fuck. Oh. It's a Dr. That's... Dick necklace for a hefty price tag there, 350 euros. And, what, and the logo, it, yeah. the logo's classy. It's a. Oh, it's a D and another D and they 
uh, they form together a, a dick with. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're walking around wearing a Dr. Dick hat. No, it's the guy from Romstein. You're like, that's even worse. No, no, it's the guy from Romstein's sex shop. What is this Dr. Dick? It's like a taxidermy thing, but they put glasses on it. Yeah, a lot of these have like multiple concepts at once. So this is, because uh, I should also add the logo is also a syringe. It's it's two Ds in the shape of what? a uh, dick that also is a, also is a syringe, hence the Dr. Dick. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and there's none one. Of, and none of it, very little of it I like. Can you buy the vaccine? <laughs> this is the only way you can get the vaccine in Europe. In, in Europe, you have to buy it through Dr. Dick's shop. Six. Uh, this next clip I got coming up, I, and I got to say on this one, uh, this is from listener Roderick. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this one. Thank you, Roderick, for sending this in. Uh, this is my favorite kind of video because it's a video that only has about a thousand views on YouTube. So you know that this is a true, a true diamond in the rough here. Um, this is a, uh, it's a, it's a show that was on, it's like a theater review show, Broadway review show that was on public access television, uh, in New York. And it's hosted by uh, these two guys, Charles Gross and Jeff Goodman, and they do like reviews of plays on Broadway. Uh, but in this episode of Two on the Isle, one of the hosts, Charles Gross, reveals that he has his own play coming out uh, that he has written. And uh, he and his co-host, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, talk about the play that he's that he has written. Well, Charlie, something new is happening in your life. Yes, indeed. One's moving from one side of the footlights to the other. Yes, uh, it's very exciting. I'm going to be making my off-off-Broadway uh, debut in this year's International excuse me, international Midtown Theater Festival. But not just as an actor, as a writer, too. Yes, yes. this is um, a play. It's based on some short stories that I've written over the years. And it is called How I Found a, an Affordable Apartment in Manhattan Without Really Trying. Oh, it's not the Upper West Side of Manhattan? Well, I, actually, yes. Uh, well, it, See, it, the it, title is so it, long you can't even it remember. Depend, well, like, it depends on the marquee. You know? Okay. But the original title was How I Found an Affordable Apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan Without Really Trying and Other Strange But True Confessions of an Indian Chief. By Charles Gross. By Charles Gross, yes. And what originally happened was I had written some stories, and I was I would always tell them. And my wife, after hearing them for the upteenth time, got so sick that she said, "Why don't you just make a play out of it and tell it that way?" And so, so I did. This is just See, this is this, this is what cable access. Yeah, I love this. And these guys are doing their Broadway review show, and the one guy is revealing his aspirational. Uh, He's got his Broadway. It's off Broadway, right? Off, off, off Broadway. This Basically is like us the at the beginning of the show, where one is interviewing the other. They're co-hosts, but but one is in the sure. He doesn't, so, and he doesn't seem thrilled to be interviewing the other. I will add. So it's it's so far off Broadway. It's like where Sully landed that plane. It's <laughs> the literally Hudson? the it's Hudson River. Yes, yeah. That's how far off Broadway it is. It's in the middle of the Hudson. So it's on a like that booze cruise. What's it called? When, the Beast. When, when somebody says, ferry. "Yeah, how far off?" Tell tell me, Julie. You as a Broadway aficionado. Yes. What is the what is the demarcations for like off Broadway and off off Broadway? I don't know, but it's. I'm dying to know what theater this actually was playing in. 
It's at the Upper West Side. Oh, no, that's just about his. Uh, I believe he's going to tell us what the, on the Upper West Side. Yeah, I think he's going to tell us what theater it, it's in. Okay. And uh, and and we we are just getting started on this. This this is the kind of clip where you get a whole relationship in this like a few great. minutes. It's re- this this is a really fun clip. They uh, they kind of have like a Bob and David vibe going where the one guy's in a suit and he's like the he's like the professional looking one and and he's the one revealing his place coming. And the other guy's dressed more casually, like That's David. One way of putting it, yeah. See, she wasn't really trying to tell you that, but what she wanted to do is just be quiet. But I guess you took her literally. I did. I did. And uh, she actually has consented to come and see me to see me do it. Wow. It it starts off in 1990 and kind of goes on uh, till the early 2000s. Now, is this autobiographical? For the most part, it is. So is she, is she a character in the play? Uh, very. Not really. Not really. I mean, I do mention the fact that I am married. At uh, at some point, do you mention the kids? I do. Yes. What are your two kids' names? Uh, Sarah and Miriam. Give a big shout out to them right now. Okay. Hey, girls. Now go to sleep. But uh, <laughs> th- now the most important thing I have to ask about the show. Yes. Am I in it? Uh, actually, no. Oh. How can it be any good then? Well, I, I don't really discuss my professional life. Okay. Uh, with it, I guess you know maybe you'll be in the sequel. Actually, I did <laughs> the um, sequel. How I met the biggest pain in the behind I ever. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I did uh, write a TV pilot based on it, uh, which was called A Small Island Off the Coast of New Jersey, and uh, there was a character based on you in it. Oh. So I will have to show it to you. But in this case, basically, I tell how I came, how I moved to the city, how I found mm-hmm. my first apartment. Um, and this one, is a one-man show, correct? It's a one-man show, yes. And uh, certain uh, interesting things, some things that happened to my life, for example, why I kept a car in Manhattan. Yeah, um, I asked that for years. <laughs> for, yeah, indeed, indeed. And they and just cut, kind of a, for people, they, they just cut to a photo of, of a car. Of a car. <laughs> that is the weird, because first of all, this show, just to paint the picture, they're sitting in chairs that look like they would be in the waiting room of a doctor's office. Um, there's just the projection of kind of musical notes behind them. Uh, the one guy's dressed in like, like a very faded olive shirt. shirt. Yeah. And the other guy's in a, a suit that is not, maybe not the greatest suit you've ever seen. And it's kind of like, Oh, hello. But it should be like, oh, goodbye. <laughs> yes. And the and the one who's sort of in the who's sort of in the interviewing position is holding a playbill, but we don't know why. Yes, he's reading off a playbill as if it's his notes, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah, they also like he seems to hate him. I would say the guy on the right seems to hate the guy on the left, whether he's jealous because he wrote a play and he didn't. Yeah, it does seem like there's some some uh, some tension in the air. Indeed. And it's kind of a um, Spalding Gray meets Jerry Seinfeld type of uh, thing with just a dash of how I met your mother thrown in for good measure. Whatever. Now, is this a, a full two? Act Whatever. Play or is this uh, a no, one it's, act? I think it's, it's a one, it is a one act. And are you on a double bill or is it? Uh, no, no, it's a single show. It's, it runs about 90 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think we're going to wow. have it. Uh, yeah, I know. I didn't realize I, how it's not easy to talk for 90 minutes. No. So I'm kind of practicing it just uh, Maybe you should to, cut it down to get my strength up. Maybe we need an intermission. <laughs> I don't know. But also touches on uh, 
things that touched a lot of people in the city, such as 9-11, uh, the blackouts of 1965 and 2003. Where were you in 65? I was uh, living in Riverdale uh, with my parents. Really? Yes. So I, re I, w I do remember the 65 blackout well. The hostility I the is undeniable. Palpable. Palpable. Really? Where were you in 1965? I was living in Riverdale really? with my parents. <laughs> you should probably cut it down a little. 90 minutes, huh? Wow. <laughs> you should probably cut it down a little. And it's just you on stage alone? It's just you up there alone? Are your daughters in it? Well, give them a shout out. <laughs> give them a shout out. Well, here's the most important question. Am I in it? Well, then who'd want to see it? <laughs> No, he um Keep going, I love this. I love who wait, so, which one of us is which? I think we're both the guy on the right. Like we're both both of them. We're both of the I think no, I think we're both the guy on the right. So which one is the <laughs> So Julie. You have a new play coming out? <laughs> Maybe so, you should cut it down. <laughs> so Tom, you yes. have another podcast? Yeah. Why? Well, you know. <laughs> and he did. I do think it's great that he um, he really laid out uh, some some pretty solid reference points as uh, for Broadway. How I Met Your Mother and Seinfeld. And yeah. <laughs> and Spalding Gray. And then <laughs> Frank goes, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I thought you asked about my yes. daughters. Well, they, I, I we remember were, that one. We were at Toys R Us. I remember. And I was putting them on the Ferris wheel in Toys R Us. And just as they threw the switch, all the power went out. But how about, wasn't there another blackout in the city in the like 80s? There was one in 1977, which I allude to briefly. Okay. So, yes, we, we cover the three major blackouts okay, over good. the last. Because I wouldn't want you to miss Over those. the last 40 years. Uh, I do talk about 9 11. <laughs> Uh, from my actual perspective of that day. Mm -hmm. And uh, something very dear to my heart, the Macy's Parade. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, yes. So, well, you could ask me about it. I had very you could have asked me about it. Well, maybe I have a play coming up, too. <laughs> my play's 89 minutes. <laughs> and I don't just allude to the blackout from 1987. I go... Talk about the one from 77. <laughs> I recreate them. And then I, I talk about how, And I talk about how I'm actually uh, the son of Sam. <laughs> Whoops. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he was like, and my particular experience on 9-11, and he didn't even ask like, yeah. where were you? What was it? Yeah. I yeah, don't well, care. Oh, so you were you your particular? Tell me about your unique experience on nine eleven. You were terrified uh -huh. and crying. Oh, you were the one who was crying and scared I that put day. My, my I put my daughters on the Ferris. Uh huh. I went to the. So you went to the like he's like. So I went to the to the Ferris wheel at the Toys R Us in uh -huh. Times Square, and uh -huh. then. The second they get on it, the power goes out. So anyway, like he's just so not interested in the story. 
Like, and you know, that's one of his like good stories. Well, he even said, he's like, I know this one. No, I know this one. <laughs> Maybe you should cut it down. Special memories of that parade too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. Okay, well, what? We'll have to discuss that in therapy one day. I, I guess we will. When we're in couples therapy. I guess we will. But a, a lot of it is the good and the not so good about um, living, in, living in the city. And, and just for an example, what's your favorite part of the play? Ooh, I think my favorite, the part I enjoy the most, I guess, I enjoy the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I, I certainly enjoy telling people how I found an affordable apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Well, that's without, why it's the title of the play. Without uh, really trying. Could you give us a little hint of how you did that? Um, give us like two words, just to clue us in. Two words? Two. My friend Abby. <laughs> Ooh, that's Abby three. Who, well, my friend Abby. Abby Normal. Who, who t- no, 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 who told, that's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> who called me up and said, you know, since you're looking for an apartment, you told me you wanted to find an apartment, I thought you should know about this. Now, you see, Abby at the time was looking for her own apartment. You see, coming to New York is like getting high for the first time. You experience the city the as Charles, we're learning so much you come about to you. see a show, and then you want more. You get addicted. You want to score the ultimate high in Manhattan, and that's an affordable apartment. And Abby had scored that. The problem was she was so high... She couldn't come down. She had to keep apartment hunting. So she decided to find one for a friend. And fortunately, that was me. Oh, uh, uh, and you still keep in touch with Abby? Abby and I have not spoken in some time, unfortunately. (laughs) Can you give a shout out to Abby? Because I think you should get a free ticket. Thank you again. What's her last name? Well, I'm not going to say that. I don't think Abby wants her last name. Abby knows who she is. But if she comes to the theater, can same phone number, call me. We'll give you a free ticket. Interestingly, the hardest part was talking about uh, the car. It was a 79 Cutlass Supreme that uh, you rode in many times. (laughs) Feeling falling down on my head. It was lovely. Yeah, well, (laughs) and what happened was, um, well, why I brought it to the city, why I kept it, and uh, having to let go, which turned out to be very hard, even though I hadn't driven the car in uh, in quite some time. In years. Yes. It just stayed in the car. The other guy so much. He hates him so much. He knows everything about him and hates everything about him. <laughs> He's so mad that his friend actually went through with this play. He couldn't be rooting harder against it. It wasn't good. You know, like after he like watches it, like he's at the thing and like talks to somebody who he went with. Just like. Boy, that was not good. Or he talks to someone he did not go. With. Like he's he's standing he, online at the at the men's room, being like, yeah. "That was bad, right?" He should have just cut me. It down. He should have cut it down. I told him to cut it down. He didn't cut it down. I like it when he said, "He goes, Abby, you'll get a free ticket." And he goes, "Or two. Yeah. He's like, "Say your what's your last name?" <laughs> I don't want to say your last name. Okay, well, but you can her- get a ticket. <laughs> Give it to. No one will be there anyway. Yeah, the place will be empty. <laughs> no one's going to see this play. Do you think he did see it? Do you think he. Oh, I'm sure he saw it. I'm sure he saw it more than once because he hated it so much he kept going back. Oh, you got. I, of course I have plans tonight. I'm going to go watch that piece of shit my idiot partner made again. He it made it longer. Look, we tried to do the show. He didn't. We couldn't even review any new plays. Because he's so busy with his stupid <laughs> one-man show. By the way, it's not a play. It's a one-man show. It's different. I remember riding in your car. I kept bopping my head against the ceiling. 
like a million dollar parking space in the city. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Interestingly, she is still on the road. She. Yes. yes. So, unfortunately, no longer mine. And so, that, now this is being done on the auspices of what group? The International Midtown Theater Festival. And how long has that been going on? Uh, I think it's nine years. And there will oh, unfortunately and, and about only what be dates are this going to be? This will be late July, early August. And how how can you find the dates and and what theaters are going to be in? Um, I think it's called Stage Left. All all of that information is now running across the bottom of the screen. Is it, what, stop running across there. And, it, uh, it's running across my chest. Ow, ow, ow. It's it's something I'm very excited about. Ugh. And uh, I hope people will come and see it. I hope so too. Well, I'll be there. Okay. With bells on. Do I have to be there more than once? No, you only have to see it once. Okay. But if I like it, can I come well, back you again? Can come back again, yeah. I'm not paying, though. Yeah, we'll, give you, we'll give you a critic's pass. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't you. I'm dying about thinking about reviewing this. What happens if I don't like Jeez. it? Uh, impossible. Like a plain yellow <laughs> pumpkin to become a golden impossible. cabbage. It's impossible. impossible. Okay, well, I actually don't talk about Cinderella. Okay. <laughs> in the play. Although, interestingly, I do mention, I do talk about seeing The Sound of Music. Really? In the play, yes. Which, so, the movie or, or? The stage show uh, at Lincoln Center with Debbie Boone. Oh. Oh. And Cinderella was also at Lincoln Center. <laughs> although not with Debbie Boone, and uh, it's not mentioned in my play. Oh. So the play is How I Found an Affordable Apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan Without Really Trying. And other strange but true confessions of an Indian chief. It'll be at the Midtown, the International Midtown Theater this Festival. This is the greatest. And I hope you'll come and see it. An Indian chief? We didn't even get into that. Well, that's going to be for another time, Charles. Okay. This is the best. <clears throat> Can you go back to the part where he goes, impossible? Impossible. Okay. What happens if I don't like it? Uh, impossible. Like a plain yellow pumpkin <laughs> to become a golden carriage. It's impossible. Okay, well, I actually don't talk about Cinderella. Okay, I like how he well, that. I so don't literal. actually... Okay, well, I don't actually talk about Cinderella. Okay. He's so mad. You know the, the playwright at the end was just like... Charles Gross was like, I'm trying to plug the play, and he just kept making it all about him. He couldn't just give me one episode where it's it was like he about didn't even my play. Care. It was like impossible. <laughs> like a plain pumpkin to become a ball. Okay, well, actually, I don't mention Cinderella in the play. Oh, so that's that's a that's a skin crawler. I love it. Five. This next one, uh, this is from listener Matthew. And uh, Tom, I got to tell you, listener Matthew here is going to give you a run for your money uh, on your IHOP paper towel dispenser. Uh, okay. Because he sent in. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> new, for new listeners, uh, Tom, uh, in a previous episode, you can go back and find Tom, Tom shared a recording of an IHOP paper towel dispenser. Um, if we send that to John Kassir, it'd be like, we found footage of, of you. In an IHOP bathroom, pay us, and we'll 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 send yeah. it to you. And this is a th this is a door, um, a door. It looks like an, it's in a parking garage, and it's a door uh, that sounds like Miles Davis playing the trumpet. 
And okay, I'm ready. Here we go. That's a pretty cool door. That's a super cool door. Yeah. Four. All right. So uh, next we got uh, a clip from Alistair, and this is um, uh, a clip of a um, like a promotional clip of a Big Ange. Um, you guys know Big Ange? Uh, oh, rest sure. in peace. Rest in power. The late great. Yes. The late great Big Ange from Mob Wives. Um, and this is like a promotional clip she did with OK Magazine. And OK Magazine, uh, they're doing uh, one of these, those like what's in my bag series. And in this one, they had her on and they had her go through her purse and do a what's in my purse <laughs> a little segment. She was perfect. Yeah. Hi, I'm Big Ange and this is what's in my pocketbook. My green velvet glasses. Gotta see <laughs> my bling lipstick. Gotta have it <laughs> with the mirror. And then all my Chanel lip glosses, my Mercedes car key and Louis Vuitton keychain. Everything she says and is like this. This is great. I got my keychain. <laughs> It's like going through a bag of groceries, like, and this is my cucumber. And I got some Ritz crackers. <laughs> and this, of course, is some boxed couscous. And then I got a tomato. <laughs> and this is the receipt. <laughs> my wallet and my credit cards. <laughs> Medication bag. Medication bag. The medication bag didn't get the same delivery. I want to get it. I want to get in there, right? Let me in that medication bag. (laughs) Mexium for my heartburn. Perfect woman. I wish she was alive and so many other people were dead. Yes. So. God bless Rest in Big peace, Ange. Big Ange. Yeah. Three. And this next one is coming from uh, listener Charlie. Uh, th- th- this comes, this clip comes from a, uh, like a food and travel show. And on this episode, they're touring the Ben and Jerry's factory in Vermont, uh, where they oh. make the ice cream. And yeah, uh, man. It's fish food, man. Got Americone. You want some Americone dream, man? How about some wavy gravy, man? You sure you don't want some cherry Garcia, man? I don't know. This chocolate fudge brownie doesn't have a pun in it, but it's pretty good, man. This is the Jimmy Fallon ice cream, man. (laughs) Jimmy's the best. He's got the wheel of impressions and everything, man. In this clip, uh, you're going to get an answer to a question I know you guys have had for a long time, which is, uh, what happens to Ben & Jerry's flavors when they get discontinued? Where do they go? What happens to discontinued Ben & Jerry's flavors? Um, And now we're going to find out. Have ever been discontinued? We actually discontinue flavors all the time. They go to our flavor graveyard. We have almost 350 flavors in the flavor graveyard. When you have a dearly departed flavor, such as bovinity divinity, 
You can go spend a little quiet time in front of the headstone of the flavor. Each headstone has kind of a unique saying. <laughs> Several years back, we had a contest to see what flavor um, the public wanted us to bring back from the dead. So the public voted. They wanted wavy gravy to come back. So on the day ah! that we resurrected wavy gravy, Brett, your face. go up there. And we actually literally dug up wavy gravy. This is too scary. It's a very touchy experience. And then he was discontinued again, so he went right back six weeks later. So if only, they Terry have Gil- if only Terry Gilliam were alive today to see what they're doing with animation these days with sound effects. <laughs> I went over <laughs> to see Ben and Jerry, and they have a flavor I've lear- graveyard. <laughs> I've, I've learned flat. I'm learning Flash Player Seven. <laughs> No, that um, that's cool, man. That is cool. I will say, when it comes to ice cream, though, mm. when you're just like, I this is this is how I would be at least. I'd be like, you discontinued my favorite flavor. This is an outrage. So you'd be like, well, here, here's there. We still have eighty other flavors. Try one of these. And be like, yeah, that's great. I'm fine again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Turns out that, I just yeah. I just needed any ice cream in my mouth. But that maybe what that person is not okay, then they go and they like they do like a graveyard. What is that called when you desecrate a graveyard? A graveyard grave smash. Robbers. It was a that's that is what a graveyard smash is. <laughs> we need to bring back wavy gravy. You know why people didn't like wavy gravy? Because it had gravy in it. Yeah, it did. It did gravy. not. Was that what you were going to say? Tur- it's turkey gravy. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? It's vanilla ice cream and turkey gravy. You were not going to say that. No, that's literally what the ice cream is. It's turkey gravy. Brett actually uses it when he for fish. <laughs> he <laughs> actually be, rubs it into the fish. No, no, I think it's more of a glaze. That is fun. That's a fun game show. Rub or glaze. There's a line in that video where he says... Uh, that when they brought wavy gravy back from the dead, they literally dug it up from the graveyard, um, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I had to listen to a couple times to make sure I heard right. So I don't know what that, not not like figuratively dug it up. He said they literally dug it up. Um, but mm-hmm. they just throw the recipe in there? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's all the the the, the pints the they didn't sell or they just buried them and they, dig, they dug them up or it's the recipe. I'm not sure. But there was some literal uh, like exhumation of... Uh, of wavy I'd gravy. Eat, I'd eat dirt ice cream. I'd eat ice cream that had been buried in the dirt as mm-hmm. long as it was in a container. Yeah. Me too. That Cherry Garcia, the first time I had that stuff. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was like, it was like, oh, ice cream is different than I thought it was. Yeah. This is, ice yeah. cream has been, has leveled up. <laughs> Are you a fish fan, Brett? You like fish. I picture you've probably seen fish a few Not times. Not the kind right? of fish that you glaze or rub. The kind of fish that you dance yes, along thank you. to. Yeah. <laughs> Brett shows up at a fish concert and he shows up with his rubs and glazes. <laughs> He's like, let me at them. What? You know, he's rubbing Trey Anastasio. <laughs> he's pouring. He's pouring. Before you go out for the next set, let me glaze you up. I thought this was a fish market. Yeah. Fish market. 
Do you like the band Fish? I, I I did have a jam band phase in in, in high school. I, I really liked uh, I like Fish. I liked uh, Widespread Panic. Sure, um, String Cheese Incident. String Cheese Incident. Your, right? sure. Yeah, Mo. Yeah, yeah. Did you like Mo? Liked Mo. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. I had a String Cheese Incident one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two. The second to last clip I got for you, um, and this is from listener um, Corey, uh, and this is one of those clips where it is, um, you know, it, it, at first I was like, I don't know about this, because it's one of those like, you know, very, it, it's like a common thing that was on social media for a long time, and like everybody was doing it. In this case, the cinnamon challenge. You guys remember the cinnamon challenge? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, so at first it's like, oh, okay, the cinnamon challenge. But this is one of those things where it's like the perfect version of a of a of a, a bit, right? It's like the best version of it. Uh, at least I think. I think this one is really funny. Uh, so this is um this is this guy. His name is um Mike Perry, and he is a like a sports announcer in England, but he's famous for being like an asshole. Like he's, you know, he's always like, you know, putting his foot in his mouth and he's super cocky and he always like thinks he's right. Um, so this would be like a, um, uh, a skip Bayless, a skip Bayless. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. This is like England skip Bayless. Um, and, uh, this is, is he decided to do the cinnamon challenge and he's, he was very confident that it was going to go well for him. So let's, uh, fly me. No, I just want to say this. I have seen this. Mm. I cannot wait to see it again. Really? Yes. I just see that he's being a bell end, which I love. He's, he's so arrogant. Get ready for the arrogance in this. Okay, I'm ready. Julie, all I'm going to say is, if you like justice, get ready. Now, somebody's tried to tell me that putting a full spoonful, uh, and this is not a full spoonful, it's a tablespoonful of cinnamon in your mouth at once is impossible. And I've seen all these younger people than me who's shoving this stuff in their mouth and then <laughs> they're all over the place because they can't take it. Well, believe me, I've faced worse than tablespoonfuls of cinnamon during my life. People have thrown things at me all my life and all my life I've headbutted them away or taken the challenge. I'm going to take the challenge now. I'm going to count you down. Three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> Water. It's like the penguin from Batman Returns with that stuff coming out of his mouth. the water on his head. You don't, you don't think he did this on purpose? You don't think and he did he's this holding on his glasses. He's holding his glasses in one hand, which is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's on the back of my throat. It's like it's... Uh, it's like... It's like drinking cement, which then mixes with the saliva in your mouth. It hardens up, uh, forming a barrier. 
across my throat. I'm having great difficulty in breathing. <laughs> that, I just want to say, if you watch this, the funniest moment is he's so arrogant with it. He puts the thing in his mouth. Two seconds later, this orange cloud comes out of his mouth with the first cough. It's. Can you can we just watch the cloud come out of his mouth? I also want to point out that uh, he's got a white beard, so when he like starts drinking the water and spitting it out, mm-hmm. his whole like the area around his mouth looks like when a white dog has tear stains. Yes, yeah. No, he's he went from saying the kids today, I've done some, I've dealt with so much worse than a little bit of cinnamon. Water, and, <sighs> like the wretching <sighs> noises he makes. Water. The physical, st- oh. I'm telling you, this is Mr. Beanworthy, baby. Yeah, this guy, it's the greatest. And I'm going to go ahead and put, uh, I'll put links to all these clips in the show notes so you, get, so you guys can check them out there. Because, yeah, a lot of these, you got to you gotta watch them to get the full experience. So, uh, yeah, click on those links. Impossible. Watch along. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. So am I invited to the show? Impossible. <laughs> You might not like it. You see, well, you well, the, the holy down. grail, as it were, is to find an affordable apartment. So my friend Abby. Uh, what, what's Abby's run- last name? <laughs> uh, I'd rather not say. Do you still talk to Abby? Not for a while. Um, anyway, the holy grail. Give so her a shout out. Give her a shout out. Hi, Abby. You know where to find what's me. What's her last name? I'd rather not say. So my wife is. Why? <laughs> One. Uh, we've arrived at the final clip, the final clip of our big clip countdown. Uh, and this one, um, this is from listener August. And this, uh, we've watched some home tours before on Double Threat. We watched a Papa John's home tour. Uh, and he kind of went for like a big cinematic thing with the aerial shots and the music and everything. And it was, it was on TikTok. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of other home tours out there. This is, this is by far the, the worst home tour I've ever seen in my life, uh, that August sent us. This is, uh, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Oh uh, no. Doing it, doing, doing a home tour. Mm. Um, oh, God. who is who for people who may not have been paying attention he sucks. What the creator of Dilbert has been doing. He's been he's been this right wing crybaby on social media and And he's got this like creepily like young lady friend, I think. And Dilbert sucks. Dilbert always sucks. Can you imagine Dilbert whoever sucks. anybody thought that was Dog funny? Bert, Dogbert sucks. Yeah. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He's the worst. Scott Adams is truly the worst. And what do you uh, really think about him? <laughs> tell me what you really. Tell me how you really feel. Uh, but apparent, apparently, his uh, his fans online were just begging for a home tour, and I'm so sure. Sc- Scott Adams complied. And uh, here is uh, Scott the Adams. Abi- the dude abides. Scott Adams complies. So here's a little tour of my house. There's the kitchen. I'll give you more detail in a minute. There's my loyal dog, 
Snickers, waiting to help. Here's the living room. There's the home theater that's coming right into the middle of your picture. I'll take you in there in a minute. And this isn't. This is like the boring house of ASMR in the center of the house. Like hypnotizing a sixteen-year-old girl around the camera. Be interested in what he has to say. And take you through. Everything's brown. Three uh, microwaves for popcorn. This is the most brown house I've ever seen. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen gingerbread houses that aren't as brown. This house. I mean, it looks like it looks like uh, uh, the kind of. Yeah, it looks like the kind of house that they do like porn shoots at or something. <laughs> like an abandoned McMansion. Uh-huh. Like an un like it's just furnished to sell, but nobody actually lives in it. Looks like this. It's the most disgusting house I've ever seen. And it and it <laughs> is like it's uh I, I want to play replay something here because he says okay. uh he says that he has uh three microwaves for popcorn. So let's uh let's what? hear that. Let's hear They're that. All again. for popcorn? I've got three uh, microwaves for popcorn there's one and then there are two here one's actually a convection oven that does double duty we've got uh, various pull-out drawers for garbage those come in really handy did scott adams just show me his fucking garbage can i mean you need one of those this is the most basic bitch house and he's acting like, well, you can kind of slide this drawer out here, and there's actually a garbage can in there, and you can that way the garbage can's not uh, out in the open all the time. It's like, yeah, that's every every one of these dumb houses has that. Look, he's got Wonder Bread. He's <laughs> literally got Wonder Bread. Look at that. You froze also, the screen at the perfect point, Brad. Every time, every time that dog looks into the camera, I feel like the dog is like, please take me with you or kill me. Snickers. Snickers is trying to climb inside that confection oven. <laughs> He's like, there's three. At one point, I have the odds are in my favor. Yeah. Get Let me in that microwave. <laughs> Here's a little tomato plant. My neighbor, who's a realtor, gave the neighbors. Because it wasn't that nice. Nice and good marketing. So there's the long view. Back here is the uh, back, ca- uh, back oh, kitchen. Oh, so boring. Pantry or the dirty kitchen, as they sometimes call it. So there's a this is like bigger hell. refrigerator. This is like truly like hell to me. Yeah, this, this is, is like what if hell's got actually going to be like. Yeah, like if you got a tour, it's like welcome to hell. You'll be living here for the remainder of yeah. uh, eternity. That's the entertainment uh, center, but we'll get there in a minute. You're like, oh, that's so ominous. And just a quick preview too of what's coming up. Uh, we've also got we're going to get a look at uh, Scott Adams' man cave in a second, and then uh, we're also going to get a look at a uh, a part of the house mm-hmm. that incorporated uh, Dilbert into the architecture. So mm-hmm. just a just a sort of preview of coming attractions. Here. How does he have all this money? You can't have money doing Dilbert. I'm sorry, you just can't. Otherwise, like Jim Davis would have been living high on the hog. I don't feel. Where does his money come from? Don't tell me. I don't care. Go ahead. Deeper for beverages and party platters and stuff here's my coffee machine a couple of uh here's my coffee machine washer and dryer there for the downstairs here's a paper towel roll (laughs) put paper towels on this thing you can spin it around as it's often known so here's a little uh a little push cart that i designed the house to accommodate so it fits right under there you designed, you designed the house. The house? You buy that at Target. You worked backwards from. <laughs> that's like that's a, a that's like a Target little like 
Space Saver <laughs> push cart. You're going to love this. This is a piece that I... Uh... I designed the house around this. And over here, you'll notice uh, it's a cabinet. I can it's keep a milk plates. crate. It's like alpha, it's alpha shelves. Like Refrigerator here keeps food cool. And uh, <laughs> freezer part keeps them frozen. Then this is the, the jewel of the house. I designed it, the whole thing around it. It's this thing I got, I got at the container store at 3 p.m. Here's a little uh, office area just off the garage. You always need a little the furniture so the ugly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take you into the garage because that's where my man cave is. Oh, no. There's right. my trusty as if, as if this whole house isn't Very just a, a tribute to his boringness. Cave. Yeah. And there's this man cave with Fox News on the TV. And two traffic cones, like the way like a teenager would decorate his dorm. Look at you, that or, or like I'd say like a production designer would think a teenager would decorate his dorm. He's he's like so strangely like withholding of actually making something comfortable or nice. Here's my man cave. It's a it's like in a garage, but it's not like this guy had the resources to have like a room be a man cave. But he's kind of like this corner of my garage is set up to be a man cave. So it's like just a couch. Even, yeah, it's it's a couch in his garage with a flat screen TV. And a fire extinguisher. I was what is that, say, a little is that generator? To, to, is, in case the, the, the takes on Fox News are too hot, he takes that notice, out. And- yeah. Got to sp- spray this down. I got my bicycle over here. You notice. Uh, I have a helmet. The, the tragedy of this is just someone who just has no taste. It's not bad taste or good taste. It's just n- zero. Just like yeah. not not a, not applicable is what it would say on like the... the well, uh, Scott Adams didn't get that memo because he's about to tell you how this room is actually designed intentionally. Um, so let's keep listening. So everything in here is chosen for its feel. So it's color or its feel. So it's intentionally. Yeah, everything's uh, brown. College yeah. dormitory garage motif. Um, here's a little. Is that a uh, raccoon? Currently. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a kitty. Zoe the cat. I'm going to catnap Sometimes Zoe. Snickers dog is on here. So here's my whiteboard where I do a lot of planning for my blogs and stuff. I've got a oh workbench God. here, storage, and my ping pong table doubles as a uh, as a work area. What? And this is what That's I call so my, my mail sorting station. Uh, I don't it's allow physical mail into my house because it's just pollution. So I went in the garage and I sorted into that bin that's underneath it. All right. So everything in this mail room, as I said, is selected yeah, no, for it's, its, it's physical mouse pollution, Julie. Didn't you know Dilbert? Uh, didn't you read Dilbert about? that time? That time Dilbert talked about how physical mail was pollution. <laughs> I thought right wingers didn't believe pollution was a thing. Dilbert. Most boring cartoon thing ever. And this guy's got a McMansion because of it. Again, I don't know if that's where I can't believe that Dilbert. This is the house that Dilbert built. I just can't. When it, when it gets syndicated like that, the money rolls in. I don't think in. it's the same kind of syndication as like TV getting syndicated. I, I mean, I don't know, but it just seems suspect to me. I don't see like. You never went over. You never got a tour of the guy who did Beetle Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to take the Mary Worth tour. <laughs> Prince Valiant. Yeah, showing us his, his backyard. Pool. Take you out here. 
Even his pool is boring. He should throw the phone in the pool. And of of course, this of course this boring dude always has like the pool robot cleaning the thing at the. Well, you can't actually go in it. The pool robot's uh, cleaning the cleaning the pool right now. Can't go in it. It's my best friend, actually. Yeah, me and the pool cleaning robot. Recognize? Oh God! Oh no, Tom! Sucks. He's got a he's got a little uh, alcove kind of setup on the second floor of the house. He's showing us the outside of the house, and it has eyes like Dilbert. This one room has two oval windows next to each other, and sort of like the hair. And this to me is the most shocking because everything else about the house looks like you could have just bought it as made. But this indicates that these are choices and this was custom. If I were his neighbors, I would call the cops and say, this is an eyesore. Tear it down. Literally. Although literally. maybe not the cops. I don't know who I'd call. Call the FBI. Yeah, call the FBI. There's a hot tub over there and there's a outdoor yes. TV that's broken at the moment. But Cool story, bro. Yeah. All right, there's a barbecue area under here, and there's an outdoor that I don't use. Bathroom, I use uh, human so you don't flesh. Have to dry off that much. Sometimes I cut so off a girl's part of the genius of this design is that the the outdoor surface continues on into the bathroom, so it's a, it's a oh true outdoor. Oh my god! So now he's showing us the. Oh no! The, I've seen he, Dilbert's he, toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the greatest thing you've ever said. Oh no. Oh no, I've seen Dilbert's toilet. <laughs> and uh we'll come over here and you notice I got a little bag with some snacks in it. I got a bag of pretzels in here. Got a the long uh, pretzel sticks in here. Uh, can't eat those though. Uh, they make my stomach upset. Uh, let's it's like there needs to be like a less agoraphobic or less claustrophobic version of the room or room mm-hmm. where like this is your captor. You need, you don't. It's just it's called the house or yeah. house. And it's Scott Adams. And every day he wakes you up and gives you a tour. So. Uh, yeah, come come on over here to see. Uh, can't find Snickers. Not sure where Snickers is at. <laughs> Snickers is literally hitchhiking. He's learned to he's learned to make an opposable thumb. Yeah, <laughs> Snickers. Yeah, Snickers out on the highway holding a little sign in his Just mouth. Anywhere, get me out of here. <laughs> anywhere but here uh-huh. is what the sign says. Dilbert, Dilbert was my master. Get me out of here. I am not Dogbert. Sign just says, I am not Dogbert. People driving by, they're like, oh, Dilbert's dog's trying to escape again. (laughs) Dog just tries to pretend to be just like a piece of furniture. Just try to blend into the background. (laughs) He's brown. Can't find find Snickers around here. I'm not sure. Snickers is just like not moving. Like, he tells Zoe the cat, don't move. He's coming. I'm looking here on the dog bed. I don't see, <laughs> don't see Zoe or Snickers. Uh, Zoe, Zoe and Snickers are like with Child Protective Services. They've dressed themselves up like children. Like one has a baseball mm-hmm. cap on, and the other has pigtails. <laughs> They're both holding lollipops, 
and like they or have saddle shoes. One has shorts, yeah. one has a poodle skirt. And they're like, <laughs> our daddy is a human and we're humans too. So you yeah, should probably so put us in foster care. We're just looking to uh, get adopted and find a new home. As human children, which we are. Well, Brett, this was a cornucopia Ooh. of yeah. uh, awesomeness. Thank Big thanks again to our listeners. Um, you send us so much great stuff, so many hidden gems out there. Um, so thank you so much. Keep those coming. Keep the clips coming to doublethreatpod at gmail.com. Uh, now we're ready for a whole new batch. Yeah. Keep, keep them coming and subscribe and rate the show over on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media and, uh, buy merch and all that jazz. Yeah. And speaking and- of merch, uh, uh, keep an eye out this week. Cause we've got, uh, um, we've got a bunch of new designs that are going to roll out this week. Oh. Um, we've, we've been getting a lot of submissions lately. They're really good. Um, and, uh, I think that this week we're going to have a, a big, big blowout bunch of like, like this episode was, was, uh, you know what? I'm going to say it now. Uh, we did 10 clips. I'm going to, I'm going to go for 10 new designs this week. Yes. Oh, look at that. I love it. Ambition. And also if you're, if you're artistically minded, now's the time to do that. Start picture of Brett in the kitchen. Maybe it's like a tarot card. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. him as like the sorcerer in a tarot card sort of situation. Yeah. And he's got like whatever that that symbol is but there's like fish and rubs around him yes you just then it's it's brett rubbing uh, a glaze all over a a piece of haddock (laughs) that would make me the happiest person in the entire world (laughs) what you're describing is just is just really that's a tattoo that's a tattoo yeah if you, by the way, get a tattoo, a double threat tattoo, you will have a lifetime forever dog plus. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, we'll figure out. I, I, yeah, I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you'll get. Sure. That's no. it. We'll figure something else out. No. The point is, threat. please, the point is, please get tattoos of us. But I'll say this. If you're if you're close to getting a double threat tattoo. Do it contact us and then we will help you shape the tattoo. Yes, yes, that's like, a great idea. We will help you Brainstorm plan out like the tattoo. A, absolutely. And we'll maybe get a tattoo artist on at the same time. Yes. I love it. 2021 good year so far. Uh my bingo card no is No uh, notes. No notes. My bingo cards coming up pretty uh Pretty much guessing everything that the my pillow guy would try to overturn the American government. Mm-hmm. I uh, Ariel Pink on Tucker Carlson. You had that on there. I had Ariel Pink on Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson. I had the my pillow guy leading an insurrection. You had Army um, Hammer texting a influencer. I want to cut off one of your toes and keep it in my pocket all the time. Yeah, I'm ready to say bingo. Then say it. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.